0: I'm Jessica, and this is Homecoming, finding yourself in life's little moments. Episode 12, A Release from Anxiety I often find that when I awaken in the morning, There's a feeling of foreboding, a kind of underlying fear and uncertainty. Perhaps you experience something similar. There may be real issues I have to face, but as I look at the actual circumstances of my life, it's more like there's an operating system running in the background, one that's unsettled, that's driven by anxiety, and it can be subtle or not so subtle. And I find that as the day unfolds, little things that might otherwise seem minor ignite this background level of anxiety into a more acute sense of fear. So amidst these feelings of anxiety, it's often difficult to gain objectivity. It's often hard to know if I really should be fearful or if the reality is that I'm okay and everything will work out. I can't quite get a handle on it. And so a few days ago I decided to talk to God about this and to my dearest daddy, my dad whom I'm feeling so close and near, mysteriously present in the wake of his passing a few weeks ago. It occurred to me to ask them to please advise me, to please open my heart and mind to what's real, and to ask, is it possible to resolve this underlying feeling of anxiety now and ongoingly? So as on most mornings, I walked out to the headland overlooking the ocean. It's there, sitting on a bench, the water stretching out to the horizon that a kind of calmness comes over me and a receptivity. That bench has become a special and spiritual place where I seem to most easily feel and connect with the presence of God and nowadays with my dearest daddy too. It's there that I'll open up a question and see what comes. I'll await the answer. So as I was sitting on my bench, this is what I asked. My dearest God and my dearest Dad, can you please help me? Can you advise me about the anxiety that I feel and that I seem to carry so much of? It feels like it's there always under the surface. Can you tell me what I need to know about it? and how I can resolve and release myself from this feeling. How can I do it? Is it even possible? And as I was sitting there on my bench, this is the message that came to me. Dearest one of our heart, whom we love and hold and cherish, whom we adore so, so much, You're so right in asking this question. You're looking ahead in a good way. You're wanting to know. And you must start with the truth. And that truth is that you've been wrongly done by in the times gone by. But the things that have caused you hurt have caused you to be anxious in the first place. Yes, they have been there. But here is what you need to know. You need to know that these experiences were simply not of your making. In other words, they weren't caused by you. They weren't your fault. It's as simple as that. You didn't cause them, and that's what you need to know. So believe us, dearest one, the truth of this Is really the important thing and this truth shall set you free then I asked is that all there is to it dear God and my dearest dad to realize that the things which led me to feel anxious were not caused by me were not of my making were not my fault in a way I can see that at least intellectually and yet I'm intrigued there must be something to what you're saying and then they responded yes believe us please because as and when you do you'll find a rare kind of footing a coming of age we say to you a kind of rare and blessed freedom will abound and believe it or not it's not what most of us down on this earthly plane actually think and see And understand. So, so, so many people feel otherwise. They feel in some deep way that the cause of their grief was somehow due to them, and they may feel this in a way they don't even realize. But believe us now, it's not at all the case, not at all. And that's why this kind of freedom and ease and perspective is so rare. So please know that nothing now shall stop you anymore. That kind of freedom is what we're talking about. So go forth knowing that, because when you feel that anxiety, without your even realizing it, just know that there's probably this underlying thought, indeed belief, that somehow you were to blame. But it's not that. So go forth knowing just how much our love will sustain you now. That's the plan. That's the key. That's the light. And that's what it's all going to mean in the end. Okay, dearest one? And then I responded, Okay, dearest God and my dearest Daddy. I think I understand now. Okay. And with that, I looked out at the water, the waves coming in towards the rocky shore. The tide was high, and as the waves crashed upon the rocks, sheets of effervescence rose up as each wave hit. And the waves were 15 or 20 feet high in the air. They were like curtains of frothing mist, blue-green, with foaming at the top as they reach their peak, their maximum height. And as I continued to look, I glimpsed a huge ocean liner. It was appearing on the horizon, its outlines just becoming visible in the thick ocean air. And it was approaching, but slowly, almost imperceptibly, coming closer and closer and little cabin cruisers dotted the vast expanse of blue. They were there too. Indeed, this was the first blue sky in days, and its magnificence was palpable, the blue sky reflecting in the vastness of the sea. The wind had turned from gale force northeasterly to a gentle easterly sea breeze so I could sit comfortably there on my beach and ponder the messages that were coming to me. And then I continued my question, and this is what I asked. My dearest God and my dearest Daddy, I feel that more is there to understand and to be told about this. And this is what I got, this was the message. Well, indeed dearest one, indeed there is, because you see here on earth life isn't finite though it may seem so it's not it stretches far beyond beyond what's seen far far beyond and all this fear and anxiety is what's keeping it stuck so to speak stuck is the word because freedom from fear is actually all that's needed to quench the longing for love and for what's under the surface now waiting to be revealed. So go forth knowing that, that place there, waiting to come forth, waiting there like the whales and the dolphins and all the beautiful sunshiny sea creatures of this place longing for loving recognition and growth growing as you are our dearest one into a new way of being a new freedom we say from fear and that's the key that's the tool and the edge or knowing place where all shall be found and loved and cherished and held held, we say, in our loving arms and in yours and in each one's place on this earth. Okay, our heart, our dearest daughter. And hearing this message come to me, I marveled. And then there was just a bit more, and they said, indeed it is, Now go and find the reality to which we're leading you. Go forth and know the love that's there as you stroll along your days, now and forever into the future life. Here, here and now, here, our dearest one and now, and beyond too, beyond also. Bliss shall abound and you'll come home like that ship coming towards the shore. So as I heard this, indeed, as I looked up, I saw the great ocean liner, and it had halved the distance since I'd glimpsed it last, heading as it was towards the harbor. And the waves continued to crash up high and frothing. And then I looked down at my feet as I was sitting on the bench, and there On the stones, a little sea lizard appeared near me, hoping, I think, to see if I'd give him or her a crumb or two, its little tongue moving in and out in hopeful longing for a bite to eat. So as I sat there on my bench witnessing all this, hearing this message and contemplating it, there in this special place, that's now revealed itself to be my haven, my place where the depth of the oceans and its sea creatures lay out before me and the sky stretches farther than my eyes can see. As I was contemplating all this, this message from God and from my dearest daddy, I felt a kind of quality, a quality of innocence and It occurred to me, it's the same feeling as I began to feel with my daddy close and near since his passing, the feeling that I got as he was coming to me then, something that's so fine and present and sublime and abiding, a feeling that precedes time and history, one's own history, but all of history too. So I thought, that's the whole thing right there, isn't it? That quality of love, that innocence. That's the very essence of who each of us is, that quality. And as I think of it and the message that was coming to me, I pondered the fact that hurt and the tragic things that happen, the things that impact us and find that place within us, and injure that quality, that love, that innocence. That's how we become anxious. And we begin to wonder, will it happen again? Will I be experiencing this again? I don't know, it might. And then I could see how in my life now, I've become on guard. And I see how that love can vanish into the darkness, hiding under the surface. And then there's a kind of tragic longing, for it's not really understood. It's a longing and sadness for something that one's lost. One's lost in all of these things that have happened. And replacing that love and that innocence at the forefront of one's being is this kind of fear And anxiety and uncertainty and the question was it me was it my fault this all happened to me all of what drove my innocence underground and into hiding was it me was it I who caused that and I kept thinking about this and pondering it and I thought that's the tragedy of life of ignorance and harm, and even in writing or saying that word, harm, I can feel it. And then I was thinking about Mr. Rogers. You might have heard of him. He was he was a man who had a children's show way back in the 1960s and 70s and on, even for more years than that. Fred Rogers was his name. And I didn't watch his show much when I was a child, There was something that I couldn't relate to back then, I think. But now, all these decades later, a new appreciation for this man and his show and the effects of his love for children and on all those who watched his show over the years has been kindled. And I recently saw a video from the late 1960s when Mr. Rogers was in the U.S. Senate talking to all these senators, appealing to them to not cut funding for the public television stations which sponsored his show. And you know, he went off script. After briefly talking about the numbers of people who were watching his show, the minimal cost of producing it and things like that, he began to conjure the feeling of a child. He began to talk about the inner drama of the child, as he called it, the inner needs of children, and of a particular little boy who'd written a poem about his feeling of anger and hurt. And there in the Senate, Mr. Rogers began reading a poem inspired by that little boy. And all of this, all of what he was saying, particularly touched this one senator the head of the committee, to whom Mr. Rogers was speaking. Mr. Rogers went to the heart of the matter, the heart of each of us, the experience that any of us might have in those earliest years and even later on on in life, the experiences that drive our innocence into hiding and make us feel hurt or angry or sad, the experiences that can so easily happen to any of us, the experiences as my dearest God and my dearest Daddy revealed to me, the experiences that we were never the cause of. And I recalled a conversation with God and my dad a few weeks ago, shortly after my dad had passed. They had reassured me, that I could let their love and their guiding presence relax and release me, that their kindness and love was all I needed. So, dear listener, all this is what came to me as I prayed to God and to my dear dad, sitting on my bench overlooking the sea. And it was that prayer that revealed the truth about the essence of who I am, of who each of us is, that essence of innocence and love. And given that, it's possible now for that precious quality of innocence to come back, to return, to be here like the sea, open and present and free and here, here now, here. And now...